Horns up, metalheads. I'm John Duke from the band Votov, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio. Crank it up! Wanderers to another spiritually enlightening edition of Misery Point Radio. Appreciate you sacrificing your mental health and well-being by hanging out with me here in the wasteland. I know it's a lot to ask and your lives are busy with half-naked conference calls and DIY Rona eradication activities, but your presence here boosts my morale and revitalizes my resolve to keep fighting the good fight and continue on my perpetual mission to purge the wasteland of all that doth suck. And let me tell you, we still have a long way to go, bitches. Carry on. Today's guest is a busy, busy dude. When he's not building snow forts or Arctic research stations and battling amorphous invasive alien life forms, he is hard at work holding down the low end for Canadian death metal outfit Votov, who have made quite the name for themselves in the relatively short time they've been in existence. The Duke and I had an epic conversation, as you've come to expect, covering a range of topics almost as vast as Canada itself, including the origin of Votov, their distinctively raw OSDM sound, the recording of their two albums, and the evolving concept of the band. We also covered how the name of their latest album is pronounced, and I'm not going to tell you now, you got to listen, you lazy bastards, uh, as well as its concept and how it ties into the next album, which is already in the works. And if that wasn't enough to blow your feeble minds, we also dished on their absolutely awesome rendition of Twisted Sisters' The Beast, their plans for an EP consisting entirely of cover songs, and of course, how astute my observations truly are. But you already knew that because, well, you listen to the show and I'm me. And that's probably uh, all we have to say about that. So... Turn off that glowing propaganda device, hold off on your daily Tim Hortons run, and prepare yourself for an epic example of Manitoba manslaughter. Check it out. Uh, hey, John, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me on Misery Point Radio. It was a very long overdue conversation, so I'm <laughs> glad that we could uh, finally make this happen. Hey, thanks for having me. Greetings from the Great White North up here, and... Uh... Yeah, appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, the Great White North. Yeah, how are you guys holding up there in the uh, <laughs> tropical paradise that is uh, Winnipeg? Well, it's uh, today it warmed up quite a bit, but uh, this last week it's been uh, pretty frigid, looking at like minus 40s, and so it's kind of rough. I work outside, uh, <laughs> so that kind of building uh, igloos apparently. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had a, uh, it's been pretty mild here. I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so, um, you know, Seattle area. And uh, we just got a tsunami warning today. Um, there was a there was a tsunami in the South Pacific uh, off of Tonga. And so Tonga got hit by a tsunami. And they're saying the entire West Coast of the U.S. Uh, is now under a uh, tsunami warning. So, that's pretty crazy. We don't get that that often on this side, um, but um, they're already feeling a little bit of it up in the very tip top, like a uh, Nia Bay La Push, which is the very corner of Washington State before it gets into uh, Canadian territory. So uh, you guys might feel a little bit up in like the BC area as well. Wow. Yeah, I saw some of that on Facebook today, and I was kind of like, "Whoa, 
Yeah. It's crazy weather pattern. Crazy weather. Speaking of BC, I, I lived in BC when I was a kid up in the Nanaimo area. And, uh, okay. yeah, so I, I've been up there many times and spent a lot of time up, up in that uh, particular area and seen tons of concerts up that way. I know off air, we were just talking about, uh, concerts and stuff, but I had the pleasure to see Carcass and, uh, Pink Floyd we saw up there in Vancouver. And I've been kayaking off of Sydney, uh, tons of times and whatnot. So, um, but to, you know, my Canadian experience is more of the very kind of mild weather, uh, versus, <laughs> you know, a little bit farther down the coast where you're at, uh, towards the, towards the East there, it's a little bit more, uh, mm-hmm. more crazy. So, well, that, uh, being said, I think, you know, with all of these crazy weather patterns and all this weird stuff in the world, it's kind of like, you ever see that movie, the seventh sign, I kind of feel like it's the sign of the apocalypse at this point. Like just all this weird (laughs) shit is happening in the world, but you know, here we are sitting down talking music and, uh, all of the awesomeness in the world. So uh, I think I'm just going to run out and join a cult when we're done here and just call it good. So, um, well, speaking, I guess then of COVID, uh, obviously the music industry, you know, kind of took a shit, was kind of brought to a standstill for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as uh, Votov goes, I mean, was there an immediate impact on you guys? Did, did you have plans that were like in effect that got, you know, kind of, uh, you know, put by the wayside or, or how, how did that affect you when, when that stuff all went down? Uh, well, it definitely affected us because we had just released an album um, in the summertime there in 2020. And uh, we were definitely set to ramp up and tour in the springtime. And uh, we never did finalize finalize any dates because we were watching as like tons of our friends' bands and everything. Things were getting canceled, postponed, postponed. And so we kind of put it off. And uh, then I guess in the springtime, when things kind of uh the wave was kind of over the first wave uh we did a live show and we were actually one of the first bands in north america to play metal live so that was that was pretty cool um but yeah pretty much uh, we haven't haven't been able to tour or really play i think we played maybe two or three shows in two years now since this all started just because of what's going on. There's so much, uh, so much apprehension, like with with people, like even if you're allowed to play, uh, a lot of people are scared still and they don't, they don't want to go see live music. So it's kind of a little bit frustrating. It's too bad that COVID doesn't just freeze. Cause I mean, if it did, then you guys would all be fine (laughs) and there'd be nothing to worry about. Right. Come and get us yeah. COVID up here in the in the uh, in the Arctic tundra. So, well, you uh, you kind of you brought up the album, which got released, uh, kind of like you said, in in the midst of of all the craziness. And what was the kind of the the thought process? Was it going to be released at a different time? Did you consider holding off on it, or was it just like you know what? There's nothing else going on right now. Let's just put something out to kind of keep the name out there. Yeah, that's exactly what we decided to do because uh, we were we were doing very well there for a while, and then it's like, okay, well, do we put off releasing the album? What's going to happen? We just said, no, let's do it. Let's get the name out there. Let's get some videos happening, and 
at least if we can't tour or play live, we'll keep ourselves alive on the internet, right? And 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 build up a fan base. Well, and you know, considering the fact that you guys really hadn't been uh, a a band, at least as Votov has only really been around since uh, you know 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. But your name, I, I noticed from from your debut album, you guys were getting a lot of coverage, a lot of press. So I, I think that yeah, the momentum was important to maintain. And I think a lot of acts, you know, artists, musicians, you know, other forms of media artists as well, kind of got lost in the, you know, what do I do to maintain my momentum? And it's, it is a risk to put art out there when people aren't necessarily, you know, as active in the artistic communities, but at the same time, it's something it's, you know, people are sitting home, they just need something, whether or not it's a tangible product in their hands, or, you know, you get locked on the interwebs, but, uh, I think it was a, a fantastic idea to put it out. And on top of that, it's it's an absolutely badass album. And um, I wanted to ask you about the name because let's be honest, people, number one, don't <laughs> understand Roman numerals. Number two, even if they understand Roman numerals, then you went ahead and put periods between the numerals. So, right. um, so I've heard a million different variants of how the album name should be pronounced. And my sense tells me that, you know, one X or I X X I isn't a true Roman numeral. So it would have to be two separate numerals back to back. Am I on the right track there? You you are. Uh, there's definitely no uh, no periods in between <laughs> Roman numerals. Uh, that's very astute of you. Um, it's kind of it, the the concept. Well, how we pronounce it is I X X I. Okay, and uh, this is a concept that uh, Chuck the singer came up with it, and uh, it's going to be revealed. Uh, what it actually means uh, when we release the next record. Oh. So that's a little bit for people to look forward to. Um, but it, it's kind of like our name itself, Votov. Uh, it could have several different meanings. Um, the neat thing about both of them is they look the same backwards, forwards. And the neat thing about IXXI is it looks the same backwards and forwards, but also up and down as well. If you, uh, if you think about it. So they, and yeah, they are both palindromes, which I yes. did notice. And, uh, I thought there might be some kind of a crazy tie into that. And also the, the conspiracy theorist in me was like, okay, if it is a, a nine and an 11, I have a feeling it wouldn't have anything to do with what happened in the States back in the day, but there's also, in kind of a lot of the uh we'll call it the the biblical thematical things uh 9-11 as a roman numeral in numerology also ties into kind of the birth of the antichrist and so there's some legends going around with that and there's all the things <laughs> about you know uh, that that sequence of numbers and letters showing up in various works of art over the years with the with the mm -hmm. masons and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm not sure if that's kind of what's going on there, but my brain immediately went to, hmm, I just wonder. But <laughs> you're saying there is an intentional leaving people hanging to tie into the next work. Am I understanding that properly? Yes, yes, for sure. Why the fuck would you do that, man? My brain is, <laughs> my brain is tortured. You know, I can't, <laughs> I need those answers, man. You're going to, yeah. you're going to leave me hanging. Well, um, that's, that's Chuck. And, uh, <laughs> he is definitely, uh, fascinated by numbers, uh, especially sixes, nines, stuff like that. So, 
Um, yeah, that's that's all his baby uh, when he came up with that concept. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at kind of then the name Votov, um, I also noticed, are, are you guys gamers by any chance? Because, you know, when I'm digging around, I see um uh, there's uh some rpg references in there as well is that is there a there's a, a particular game out there i'm not sure if you're familiar with it but am i on the right track uh actually i'm not a gamer uh neither is chuck i think derek's a bit of a gamer but um yeah no there's a there's nothing really to do with gaming in there though there's a there's an there's a game called sea of starlight and okay. there, is, there is a legendary weapon in this game called Votov. And uh, it's pretty much a super badass sword that has, you know, crazy RPG-ish abilities and, and pretty much fucking owns you. If you have this sword, <laughs> you, you pretty much can, uh, can take everybody out. So um, needless That's to say, really though, cool. yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the inspiration behind the name of the band and the name of this album, though, they're, they're not related, right? They were kind of came up with it separate times. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So listening to say your debut album, um, which is around 2017, you know, uh, the first time I had heard that, uh, I was introduced to, to Votov through, uh, through Chris Heap from Heaps of Metal, actually. Okay. Uh, and yeah. uh, and Gary uh, Groves from Metal Maelstrom, they were both really big fans. And so they turned me on to you. Um, and I remember the first time I heard that and I was thinking, uh, number one, uh, that super awesome that uh, a three piece is still rocking it. And then uh, number two, that your sound is just raw as hell. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it is stripped down to the point where you hear each element right um mm-hmm. very distinctly um and it doesn't sound like it's just got like massive amounts of layers like you know i don't your guitar tracks not recorded you know in pan 12 times it's mm-hmm. it's, it's very everything is as it needs to be and that was the first thing i noticed like wow this is about as true of a recording as i've heard in a long time and in fact it reminded me of like a i don't know if it was a live recording you guys were all in the same room or if it was you know, multi-tracked or whatever, but, uh, you know, that particular sound was the first thing that struck me about Votov is, yeah, it has that kind of old school sound to it. Like, you know, the OSDM stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but just its initial presentation I thought was, was exactly what the world was needing of, of new acts to come in. So, oh, awesome. Um, was, was that kind of a, a byproduct of just going in there and doing something and, and kind of just wanting to do it to do it? Or was there an, in- you know, like an intentionality behind that. There was definitely an intention behind it. And uh, like when, when Votov, the the concept of it, obviously Chuck came up with it and uh, we hadn't played together in about 12 years. And uh, he approached me and said, Hey, I uh, have this new project that I'm putting together and I think you'd be perfect for playing bass on it. He said, I call it punch in the face music <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's just raw, stripped down, and it's like in your face. So there was a definite intention uh, in recording and everything else, too, as well. We did do it. We didn't do it live off the floor, uh, but and it was multi-tracked. But uh, 
we tried we tried to keep everything to a minimum like i think he has maybe two guitar tracks on there i've got uh two bass tracks and then the drums right and and the vocals i think there's i don't know maybe three or four vocal tracks so it's it's very minimal compared to uh, a lot of what you hear out there right now like you said that's uh multifaceted with tons of layers you know like these (laughs) these bands that are recording like whatever 50 tracks or 48 tracks like for you know so that that's the i'm glad you uh were able to hear that and and uh, mentioned it yeah well and especially i think um what's cool for you as a bass player is that number one is you were not newsteaded out of the mix um so uh, your bass lines uh, definitely are very apparent, um, but that also that your bass tone is not like super thundery, boomy, distorty, and you know makes your speakers fart when you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes I think when when producers uh, on the metal side of things are are trying to make the bass audible, they just mm-hmm. make the bass super bassy to get that thumpy sound, but it doesn't quite uh, it doesn't stand out in the mix, and your bass stands out in the mix quite nicely, uh, which is awesome. And I, I say that as me not being a bass player. So I hear the stuff, you know, it's different when you play an instrument, you know, you kind of listen for your instrument, but mm-hmm. you, uh, as a result of that, you hear the other instruments that are not your instruments that you're, you're the most known for. So that was the right. first thing, uh, besides, you know, just the overall production quality was like, wow, I can hear the bass. It's pretty cool. Um, and then we get into then IXXI and it's got the same vibe, although it does have a smidge more, I guess you'd call it a polished sound to it. It sounds, it's not production-y, like it's not overproduced by any means, um, but it definitely has just a little bit more on the clarity. Now, if I understand this correctly, you guys are recording these yourselves, right? Like home studio? Yeah. Yeah. So was that just kind of like you'd had a little bit of time, you'd kind of perfected your sound a little bit and and you just went in there with a fresh set of ears or was there like, okay, let's just maybe tweak this a little bit? Um, I think, uh, a lot of, a lot of what happened on the newer album, uh, well, basically, uh, Jake Sasher, he's the one that, uh, that mixed it and, uh, well, Chuck helped mix it too, but, um, he mixed the first one for us, but I, I think it's just, uh, a learning thing too, as you grow and you get more adept at, uh, working with your equipment and everything, uh, you figure better ways to do things and, uh, just improve upon what you had. Right. So, yeah. yeah. You know, we all like to get better at our craft. I guess we'd like to say it's, and it's really funny too, because, you know, as a metal specifically, let's, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to call us out for a minute. A lot of metal heads, we're, we are kind of like sometimes stuck in a time era or I want this album. I want this band to sound like this forever. I want there to be no progression. I don't want their sound to change. I don't want their lyrical content to change. And then you hear a band that does that for a while. And finally you're just like, Oh my God, they're just doing the same shit over and over and over (laughs) again. So it's kind of like you're complaining about both sides of it. And I I see that a lot in the metal communities, but uh, I think that the, the sonic difference between the two is just enough to keep it fresh but still stay true to uh, um, kind of the overall feel that I think Votov carries, which is an entirely different feel than say a moral possession, which, you know, is kind of more, I think of a traditional death metal, mm-hmm. you know, with the, 
I don't know, the horror, the gore, the, you know, kind of stuff like that. And, and Votov seems to be like a more, I don't know if the word serious is the right kind of phrase to use, but I guess more, we'll say more uh, tied to, say, current events or the world happening or, or kind of making some commentary about the way that things are. Um, and that, I mean, I don't know if I'm on the right track, but that's kind of the oh, vibe definitely I get. Are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it's uh, it's quite quite amazing how in tune you are with everything. Uh, so that's, the, no one's really ever tuned into a lot of that on a lot of the interviews. So uh, oh. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I, you have to listen to the stuff, I guess. So, <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Um, you know, and it's, well, and speaking, I guess, of, I mean, you and Chuck have clearly had a history. I mean, you've played mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, bands together for for quite some time. And I'm sure you probably get a million questions about, well, like at this stage of the game, you know, the two bands with the members are so close, um, especially with uh, Derek coming on board, um, you know. But you got one band that has two guitarists, one band that has one guitarist. But even though it's the same people, it's a different message and a different flavor. Um, and plus, uh, I mean, is a moral possession still a thing? I mean, w- was it gone for a while and then came back or I know you guys released like a DVD back in 2020 or something, mm-hmm. but, uh, I've heard rumors that there might still be some stuff coming out. Yes, definitely. Oh. Uh, we have, we, uh, mortal possession was active from, uh, I guess around 1989 through, uh, about 2006, uh, not well from, I guess, early two thousands to 2006 it was very sporadic, but solid for a good 10 or 12 years anyway. And, uh, then I had uh, a family and I had to kind of step back and, uh, help raise my kids and, uh, kind of put, put aside music for a while. And, uh, and that's I got back into it with Votov in 2015, and about a year after that, uh, we decided to reunite with the original drummer Rob Shellcross for a metal festival here in Winnipeg, and we played with uh, Terrorizer was the headliner. There. Oh, nice! Yeah, so uh, that that went off uh, really well. Um, but after that, we kind of decided not to work with the drummer anymore. Uh, <laughs> That's a very nice way to say that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to dig up any dirt or anything like that. Is we, we're friends still and everything, but um, it, we just, we just felt that uh, we didn't really want to continue on with things. But then, uh, when we lost our first drummer from Votov, Matt Penner. Uh, basically a month after our first album was released, um, we started writing again and we approached Derek Kroll, who was in another project with Chuck called Eam. And uh, he worked out so well that we started kind of saying, hey, uh, have you ever heard of the Mortal Possession stuff? And he listened to it from the first listen. He was like, I want to play this music. And uh, he did exactly what we wanted to hear without us even conveying it to him. It was amazing. Like what he played was what we had envisioned 
you know, that many years ago for all those songs and it just had never happened. So we're kind of really excited to uh, release uh, this album that's going to be coming out this year on CDN Records. That's awesome. And I'm glad you brought up CDN because I want to talk about that for a second. But uh, the Immortal Possession never really released a, I guess you call it a quote unquote, a proper album, right? You guys just did a bunch of demos. And so... I'm curious then if any of the stuff that we're going to hear is kind of taken from any of that, or is there any of that stuff going to be reworked or are we talking, this is just all new material. No, it's uh, uh, the majority of uh, any of the stuff we're recording is all uh, reworked material from the demos. And uh, I, I mean, back in the day we did get a really good reception on those demos we never landed a big deal. Uh, we had talked to some of the major labels like uh, Relapse, Roadrunner, Century Media, um, but nothing ever really got uh, established and we never got signed. I think the main reason was we didn't want to give up the rights to our music. Yeah. Uh, so we were always adamant about that. And then over the years, we've had multiple multiple offers from labels all over the world wanting to re-release the demos but the thing is those demos were recorded at a time where uh, we didn't do things ourselves they were done in a studio with limited amount of time limited funds (laughs) and and the performances weren't there the way we had wanted them to be um so we we weren't interested in just re-releasing the demos. We actually wanted to go one step further with proper drums on them now and actually give those songs the life that they should have had back in the day. So Yeah, that's awesome. Is there going to be any uh, new material mixed in with that? Or are we talking just strictly the, the older stuff kind of uh, rebirthed? Uh, we, we wrote one new song for this album and we're working, we, uh, we're going to be doing another, a second one as well. And that's going to have some more new material on it as well as some of the demo stuff. So we had, uh, three full demos back in the day. So we're going to have about, uh, nine songs on each album. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And hey, you know, like just throwing this out there, let's just say that you know, this album comes out, Votov's maybe you got some stuff coming out in the future. Votov and Immortal Possession could tour together, right? Because why not? You just need one extra body on there. Yeah. And then uh, you'd, you'd have an entire set, two bands of awesomeness. So uh, that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear that that Immortal is still, still doing stuff. And uh I love the idea of people kind of revisiting the past, but, but breathing modern life into it. Um, it's, I don't know about you, but I get nostalgic because, you know, I'm a product of musically anyway, kind of the late eighties and early nineties for me is kind of my sweet zone. Um, and I think in terms of like the extreme metal, right, your, your death and your thrash and stuff like that, that's really right when that stuff was hitting its stride. And, uh, so I, I love to hear, uh, kind of what the the new takes with new technology and new instruments and, you know, years behind you of your mm-hmm. perspective changing and how that changes the way you approach those songs. So, so that's a, uh, that's pretty badass. Um, the CDN thing. So how, how did that come about? You guys were shopping stuff around and then 
did you did it just land on them or did they contact you how did how did that come to be uh well actually we've been in contact with uh craig newman for multiple years uh, again goes back to the immortal possession days mm-hmm. and uh again he had contacted us out of the blue and he wanted to re-release the demos and uh i started talking to him and i said well we're not really interested in doing that um we are however thinking of re-recording them but i said our primary focus right now is this new band we're in called votov have you heard of us and he said he had so i sent him uh, i sent him the first album and uh, he listened to it and he called me back a couple of weeks later and he's like you know what let's uh let's sign both bands we'll sign votov first and then a week later we'll do the immortal possession signing and uh let's get some albums out and then from there it just uh you know, obviously you're you're independently wealthy multimillionaires um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so as are all metal musicians mm-hmm. these days folks uh, I yeah. think that's cool. You know, I was I was cruising uh, the CDN catalog online the other day, and so I, I you did mention you know Immortals on there, uh, Psychotic Gardening. Uh, I saw some of that stuff in there as well. Yeah, so which which is another project that we were all involved in. Right. Well, not Derek, but yeah, that was kind of if I if I remember, kind of had more of a like an industrial kind of a vibe to it, right? Kind of more of a experimental. I guess is probably a better way to put it. Yeah, uh, it was even more on the black metal side a little bit in terms of things, but it it, uh, it was definitely uh, a lot different. Uh, there was keyboards in it, uh, dual vocalists, dual guitars. So at one point, I think it was about a six-man band. <laughs> so That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, CDN is, is, you know, working with, with you with the current project with Votov, but of course is is sharing the love for some of the the other projects as well um you guys also did a twisted sister cover um <laughs> which okay i'm gonna fanboy out for a second because i fucking love twisted sister i'm i'm still uh admittedly my guilty pleasure is kind of the hair metal uh, and especially mm-hmm. the early hair metal you know um before it became like the super nineties glammy hair metal, you know, Twisted right, sisters right. cool, you know, rat shit like that. I love yeah, that stuff. Wasp. So, oh man, I was just at wasp going back on tour again. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, with armored mm-hmm. saint. How fucking That's cool crazy. is that? That's awesome. Um, so anyway, so tell me about that then. What, what was that, that, uh, put that wild hair up your ass. It just said, let's do a, a cover tune. Was that just a, for shits and giggles, let's do something different. Or was there an, a, a deeper idea behind it? Uh, it's kind of a deeper idea, but also, uh, again, with the COVID thing, right? And we're looking to, we want to keep ourselves viable and out there. So we figured the quickest, easiest thing to do would be to release a few covers and at least keep our name out there and also pay homage to some bands that influenced us uh, over the years. Uh, so what we're going to do is uh, we just finished uh, doing another song uh, while we're right now we're writing for the new Votov and we're trying to finish up the Immortal Possession 
But uh, the concept of this is we're eventually going to have six cover songs that we're going to release over in between time. And then we're going to release the whole thing as an EP once all six are recorded out there. I think that's awesome. And I would love to have an EP of covers from you guys. What, uh, what made you choose the beast? I mean, I, I, that's a song that's popular among, you know, kind of the, the more diehard crowd. I think it's, it's clearly not their most, we'll say commercially successful song by any means, but it's, it's a badass song. Um, just curious, uh, did you guys toss around other ideas before deciding on that one? Or was it just like, Hey, one of you guys said, I want to do the fucking beast and we're doing it. And then it went that way. Yeah, pretty much. It it was like, uh, again, we were talking about doing a twisted sister cover me and Chuck and back even before Derek was in the band. And, uh, we just decided, Hey, let's do the beast because, you know, captain Howdy's already been done Mm. (laughs) by uh, cannibal corpse and, and it's like you said, it's a super heavy song, and to to kind of slow it down and doom it up, uh, I, I think it worked really well. It's funny that you just used the phrase "doom it up" because that is exactly the first thing I thought of when I heard like these fuckers doom this up, um, and it's awesome. Uh, it is a heavy song. I think it probably doesn't get the credit for for being as as heavy as it is, but when you hear it now, like with the way y'all did it. Um, it's fucking chunky and sludgy and, uh, I just thought it was fantastic. So, so, so cool to, uh, to bring the classic stuff back, uh, and kind of mix the genres up a little bit. And I suppose now that I've completely geeked the fuck out on this song, it's only fair to play it for you all, right? So here it is, Votov with their sick-ass, doom-tastic version of The Beast by Twisted Sister. So fucking killer.
Now, you're doing a really, really, really good job of being somewhat secretive about some of this stuff, but uh, maybe you want to give us a hint. Maybe you can tell us what other covers might be in the hopper or, or drop some kind of a teaser for us. Uh, well, okay, so the, the next song, uh, I'll say this. It's uh, a Canadian band that was a huge influence on us in both uh, Immortal Possession and uh, Votov. And uh, Immortal Possession actually uh, got to share the stage with them a couple of times uh, back in the 90s. So it's nice. So that yeah. would be Justin Bieber. Because uh, yes. he yes, is the yes. Canadian metal god. Uh, we all know that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is we're, it Terrence actually, and Philip? Yeah. No, no. Uh, Justin Bieber, we're actually going to co-create some more uh, bee bits or whatever they call them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Are you a believer? Uh, I, I, I think, I think you're a believer. Yeah. So no, that's awesome. So sharing, sharing uh, some influence with some, some other Canadian bands. That's, that's pretty fucking cool. And then the new Votov then to bring it back kind of uh, home here. What's the, the plan? Is that going to be like a, a next year kind of a release? Do you think, or are you going to shoot for this year? Uh, that's kind of up in the area. It depends how the writing process goes. Um, I know with the first, like the last album, we wrote it in kind of stages. So there was like four songs that came up, boom, one after another, and then another two. And then there was a couple that we had written previously, uh, in between albums that we, tweaked up and added to the album and then there was a couple more that we just kind of at the at the last you know the last couple of months before we put the album out had written them so um right now we've got about the fr- uh, the framework for about four songs right now so uh, i i say we've got a pretty good start on it so i'm hoping we can get something together for the end of this year, it just depends on how stuff goes with the immortal possession uh, when that gets out, because that's been a little bit more of an undertaking in terms of uh, time, uh, especially for Chuck. Um, we are going to have a few guest spots on there as well of uh, different metal artists doing solos on there. Oh. Uh, we've got, we've got uh, another guy that's going to contribute some vocals. That's uh we're really stoked about, so I can't really say who right now, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely going to be uh, an awesome project. So, yeah, I love to hear that. And is it going to directly tie in to IXXI? Is it some kind of a concept, uh, or is it kind of its own completely separate thing? Uh, the the new Votov definitely will. Yes. It's going to tie into uh, IXXI. Okay. Which leads me to ask the next question then, if there's two, is there going to be three? Because trilogies have a way (laughs) of, uh, you know, winding down naturally. And if you leave it at two, I mean, you're just going to make us want more, right? Well, and the thing is, too, Chuck hates even numbers. So you never know. Three is probably more likely than two. So Yeah, well, in numerology, I mean, it's it's all coming back. So uh, I'm intrigued by that element of it. I I think that's I think that's super cool. So glad to hear though that that you guys are are thinking about that. You've got a couple of projects working. So 
as far as uh, what's going on there for current times, then now that things are opening up again, um, do you have thoughts about, you know, maybe trying to play again or is there anything in the works or confirmed? Uh, nothing confirmed currently, but yeah, we would definitely like to get back out there. So just kind of, it's one of those things where wait and see, right? Because again, we saw things opening up and you see all these tours announced and all these dates announced. And then, uh, especially on the Europe side of things, uh, they're all caving in again. So yeah, it's, uh, even like big bands, uh, like, we're we're good friends with uh propagandy they're a hardcore band and uh they had a canadian tour booked and same with same with doa as well and as soon as you lose one or two dates on that tour you pretty much have to cancel the whole thing because of the distance in between provinces right right our our country is so vast that you have to travel multiple hours to get to the next decent sized city. So in terms of stuff like that, it's not really viable to not have, uh, you know, a major city dump on you. Right. Right. Yeah. That would suck. I remember back in the day, um, Metallica played a show up in, uh, maybe, and maybe, you know, this place. Um, and I, I may, hopefully I say it right. Tuck Tuck. Um, okay. <laughs> which is yeah. super remote. I mean, that's about yeah. as remote of a show as I've ever heard. That's like playing a show in Siberia. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. so, so out there. Uh, but then I remember thinking, um, wow, where is the next show going to be? And, you know, do they have like two days off between shows to get to the next <laughs> place? So, uh, yeah. you know, and they're not driving their shit up there. They're definitely flying it all. So mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy. Yeah. It, it's the, the provinces are spread out pretty far. Um, and, uh, I talked to, uh, um, it was last year, um, Andrew Marsh from a uh, winter hearth who's up there in Newfoundland. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so he was like, yeah, there's not a whole, there's not a big metal scene in Newfoundland right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I can only imagine that, uh, you know, how's, how's the metal scene, um, up there in Manitoba? I mean, uh, I hear it's pretty healthy. It, it was fantastic, uh, prior to COVID. Um, not so much right now. Um, seems like a lot of the bands just kind of, I don't know what happened. They, they lost steam or whatever, but, uh, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of, a lot of the bands that were active, uh, doing things right now. I, I, we used to have maybe probably about 25, 30 active metal bands in the scene with about seven clubs, you know, so any weekend you could have you know, seven conflicting shows on a Friday or a Saturday with all different bands playing throughout the city. So, yeah. And what that, what a great position to be in where, I mean, you have to decide, Oh my God, what metal show do I want to go to? I have to choose. (laughs) Now you're just like, please fucking get me to a show, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Obviously COVID, you know, took a shit on everything, but, um, I, I think that as things open back up, I'm, I'm optimistic that, you know, the scene will, will respawn um because i've heard good things about you know the the scene up north where you guys are from uh and of course it's a a big country like you said so there's going to be scenes everywhere but uh, i know even in in uh in bc uh there was some tie-ins to the seattle scene and and the the heavier stuff was getting popular again so 
So I'm looking forward to, to kind of all that stuff. So what do you think then is going to be the next thing that we hear from Votov? Uh, the next thing that's coming out is definitely uh, a new cover song. Okay. And awesome. that should be out, I'm hoping, uh, within a month. Oh, wow. Depending, it's, it's already, all the tracks are all recorded. Uh, I think we're waiting for a couple of little things, and then it's just got to be mixed and mastered. And uh, we actually are going to shoot a video for it as well. Okay. Just so that we have that content out there on the internet, and uh, we're able to keep ourselves alive, so to speak, and uh, get the name out there. Awesome. And uh, up until the point where that that EP is is released, if that plan actually comes to fruition, which I trust it will, are these uh, covers going to be released kind of strictly on like you know YouTube, or are they going to be available on you know Bandcamp, Spotify, iHeartRadio, stuff like that? Are they going to be on the streaming channels as well? Uh, I I don't think so. Just because I know they can't be on Bandcamp because Bandcamp will not. Uh, we couldn't, we did a cover, a cover version on our first album and we had to exclude it on our band camp because, uh, they won't let you upload any cover songs. Oh, wow. I at no all. Idea. Yeah. So, um, it definitely will be on our YouTube channel and, uh, it'll be out there. I I'm constantly, uh, promoting the band on Facebook and, uh, Derek does Instagram, um, so all the metal groups out there and everything, I'm always constantly putting stuff in there and uh, just trying to reach as many people as possible uh, when I'm not busy playing and working and doing other things. So Yeah, uh, when you're not busy actually living your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, if people want to check out Votov, how do they get a hold of your your music, either physically or through streaming platforms? Where can they track you guys down at? Uh, we're on all the streaming platforms, pretty much. Uh, we're on Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Amazon, you name it, Deezer. We're, we're on all those platforms. Uh, Facebook, we've got a, a really heavy presence there. We're on Instagram. Um, so yeah, any of the popular streaming sites were on there. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel as well. So if uh, people could subscribe to that, that would be great. We're trying to build that up a little bit. And uh, so that would be much appreciated. Hell yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, your guys' stuff is progressive enough to uh, you know attract the more modern audiences, but raw and old school enough for us old fucks out there that still kind of <laughs> harken back to the, to the early days of this scene. So uh, congratulations on all the cool stuff that's happening with Votov and congrats on, uh, I guess, kind of the relaunch of Immoral Possession. Looking forward to seeing uh, what's coming you. out with that as well. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the world uh, before I let you get back to your uh, day of, uh, you know, Satan worship and uh, talking about the world? <laughs> uh, the only thing I'd like to say is maybe... Uh, at this point in time, it's really important for people to actually like support their bands that they like out there. Like, even if it's not fiscally, I mean, it's great if you can buy a CD or a T-shirt. But if you can't, share a post, share a video, share just do something like that. Because I, I, I've found too, like I, I've had guys share stuff, and all of a sudden. 
we get 10 more likes on the page or, you know, we got people contacting us for merchandise. So, I mean, that's the other thing. We, we are in the process of getting up a merch store. Uh, right now, right now, merch is available, but it's just directly through contacting members of the band. But uh, I am trying to get together a merch store. So that hopefully is going to come to fruition in probably February, hopefully. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's, I'm, I'm glad you called that out. Supporting your uh, artist, be it a local artist where you're from or, you know, on the international scene or whatever, everything helps. If it's not monetary, you know, a like, a share, um, telling your friends about something, you know, it, it, it may seem small in the sense of some people as, as compared to like, you know, the massive bands out there with millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars flowing into their pockets. But for the independent <laughs> artists, you know, who are just doing this often out of pocket, um, every little bit of support helps uh, to, you know, share the exposure and share the experience. So, so absolutely, guys, do that. Go uh, check out Votov on all their social media sites. Stock them on the Book of Faces. Stock them on the Instagrams. Go, you know, on Bandcamp uh, and buy some of their stuff. And, you know, just uh, reach out on the Facebook page and say hi. I promise you, you know, uh, John here is a very friendly dude who who gets back with you really quick, uh, <laughs> as I have well noticed. And so, uh, so John, thank you so much for for hanging out today on Misery Point Radio for for sharing your time and also for kind of keeping the scene alive um, and for doing what you guys are doing, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I appreciate what you do. And uh, I'm glad that we finally got a chance to, to sit down and chat. Great. Thanks very much, Mike. And uh, I appreciate all you do as well. Also, check out CDN Records for anybody that's out there listening right now, because there's a ton of great bands on there as well. And that's a great label to uh, support. Yeah. Absolutely. So thanks, John. I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon out there in the real world. Excellent. Excellent indeed. Make sure to check out Votov on all their sites and buy all their shit. And as John said, give them a like, a follow, and a share. And please do the same for me here on Misery Point Radio. You can subscribe to the show in podcast format on every major streaming platform or check out the website, miserypointradio.podbean.com. This gives you access to all the interviews and keeps you updated on the new ones as they come out every other Wednesday. We've also got a new website in the works, which will have full integration with the newly expanded radio station which is relaunching in a few months with more music plus shows for my partners on the spoilerverse network but for now i'm going to leave you with one more song from votov off ixxi here's the closing track called regeneration check it <laughs>